Hello, and welcome back to Fairly Inkwell. Uh, we've got me, Jim, we've got Dustin, and we still have our special super guest star, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I came back <laughs> by popular demand. Yes, we, we can't live without him now. So, like, so we're all just sitting around this microphone and drinking and talking about stories. Okay. Right. So one thing that's been on my mind, and I, I think... It's because, uh, since the their probably delicious episode <laughs> where we were talking about alien species, and I, I believe we got into the development of intelligence. And I, I think I posited the idea that intelligent life in the universe is ubiquitous. It's just that most of it happens underwater or in some other some other medium other than a gas, mm-hmm. which would make the development of certain technologies almost impossible. Mm-hmm. So I would love to read a story that was really well done or really well developed, well thought out. I don't know. Thinking, I'm thinking of like The Martian because that guy did his homework and had people inspired and tell him where he was wrong with the science and all that. Um, of a an underwater intelligence. So, I mean, just for the, the sake of brevity, we'll say like an octopus become sentient, self-aware. They, they have a little octopus society. It would also be re- really interesting because octopi have uh, chemical sensors on their suckers. So it'd be like, I taste your handshake. Uh, you know, mm. like... <laughs> um, <laughs> what would their intelligence society look like? What would it be to be an inventor in that society? Like, you're banging two rocks together. You're likely not going to get sparks, even if it is flint and steel or, you know... Mm-hmm. Like, you might be able to do... Um, Flint napping underwater, and I think that would still work. But like everything with physics is different underwater, um, and chemistry as well. Like, how would you come across like acids underwater? Mm-hmm. Like, how without being able to make glass, which requires? I mean, I guess realistically, if you, if you like, if you were by a volcanic vent and you had all the sand on the ocean floor, you could make glass, but you might not be able to make steel because of the properties like. Because you'd have to heat the water as well as the stone, like the ore that you're trying to extract from. Mm-hmm. And so it may never occur to an intelligent species that there's something that can be extracted from these rocks. Or that, you know, maybe they're like, maybe their entire society, like they go from Stone Age to Glass Age because glass is something that's doable with high heat underwater. I'm not really certain that that would work either because it would probably just fracture as soon as it solidified at least a little bit. Um, so I, I would love to read a story where you have this protagonist that's a creature that's underwater that's trying to develop the technology to come out from the water and come out onto the land. Like onto the land wouldn't be quite as difficult as like getting into the air, getting into space, because if you require water for your environment, that's almost a prohibitive energy cost to getting it up into outer space or beyond. Like, because the, just the water weight and then like, what would the systems of, of recycling the water look like and, and that sort of thing. So like, think of like a stone age octopus society. And I would love to read a story about their path of technological development and their, even their experience, because I think octopi have, um, like eight brains or something like that. They have like more than just one brain and they're like, that they're such a weird, <laughs> they're such a weird creature. If they weren't so solitary, I think they would have taken over the world. By now. <laughs> when you're talking about water, like I, I, I don't know how astronomy would work, but obviously, if they could figure out a, 
um, comets and mm. figure out that there's water on comets. They could perhaps imagine going to space, not necessarily needing a lot of water, just enough to get up there. Right. And enough to tap into the water of a comet and melt it or whatever. Right. Right. <laughs> So so one of the reasons that we have more life in the ocean, there's like 10 times more life in the oceans than there are on land, is because like the, 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 the chemical and the economic cost for uh, life to exist in a fluid like that, that's, you know, you have reduced gravity, you've got, you know, that kind of stuff it doesn't take as much energy, physically energy, right. you know, to, to survive as it does on land. Where we have to kind of move around and in, in with with more gravity, if you will. I mean, gravity is the same, but what I'm saying is, is that we don't have the weight of water holding us up. Yeah, so, we're not buoyant. Yeah, so we have to provide all that ourselves. So it wow. requires we have to have more energy input and output than than marine life. But what I could see sort of happening is like, and and this is kind of sort of being explored in some other science fictions too, is life molding other life as a tool, mm. you know? So, so like maybe they can't, uh, create, um, metal, uh, objects or, or use metal tools. They can't, you know, have electronics and stuff because they can't like get electricity to, you know, move through metal, but which can have, I mean, you have, you have electric eels that use electricity in some way you have, you can, you can grow like, like, uh, exoskeletons. You can grow, um, like mollusks that have like hard shells and stuff to them. So you can, can find a way to mold those guys, maybe right. even breed them kind of like we breed dogs, you know, to, to, to a certain so, trait. So you're basically, you would be creating a, an organic robot to go explore the places that you can't be like much yeah. like we create, you know, inorganic robots to mm-hmm. go explore other environments. That's actually, I, I like that idea because it's really kind of a fascinating take on, you know, the problems of technology underwater. Like, because, you know, you say you can't have electronics underwater, but my um, cell phone is waterproof right now. So you can, you can, you just wouldn't be able to develop that underwater. At least, I mean, I can't reasonably extrapolate a way of doing that. So that's why I think it would be really fascinating to follow this this chain of logic and then just follow uh, the protagonist because you would, it would give you the opportunity to, uh, to create the, the society of, of underwater creatures. And if you focused on something like the, the octopus or the cuttlefish or something that humans already know, then you have a, a place where people would understand at least a portion of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you went with the fully bizarre, like fish people or whatever, then, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, you're entering realms of fantasy where it might not be, might not work quite as well, but well, you're talking about mollusks and you're mm-hmm. talking about acids and, and developing. You could uh, imagine the intelligent octopus um, creating farming mollusks that are bred to produce particular materials, right. produce particular right. um, uh, acids, and perhaps even if you want to like extrapolate it across. You know, we've been million a million years or whatever. We got to the point where we can make CPUs, we can make processors. Maybe they figure out some way to. Uh, create factories underwater that are based on uh, what do they call it? Chitin or something? The, right. the, the no. bone that, right. yeah. that makes up. Yeah. I, I'm just imagining. Obviously yeah, yeah, we don't yeah. know um, what, what they could do. Yeah. Cause they would have to be largely organic and largely uh, mineral. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I forget the mineral that most shells are used, used to have. It, right? <laughs> well, and there are, I, I forget what it is I've, I've seen it in a meme but there's like there is a particular type of slug that exists uh that's a metal 
slug. <laughs> they, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they exist in volcanic environments. Right. And mostly, I, I, don't, I think it's underwater. I'm not exactly yeah, sure. But they, they build their shell. They build everything out of metal. Yeah. Like, they are metal, basically. I mean, I remember hearing about that. Yeah. I don't so, remember specifics about it, though. But you're right. Yeah. So, the, so they would, like... Well, but that's the other thing, too. So, like, an octopus lives at a certain level in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Like, do they ever venture down to those dark mm-hmm. depths? How would mm-hmm. they, like, how would they harness light to get down there to discover those metal slugs and say, what's happening with these? How would they, how would they harness the ability to go to different, all these different places mm-hmm. coming from the zone that they occupy, the ocean? So that's why I think this would be very fascinating because it would be a really interesting thought experiment, too. Um, and I really believe that this is also why we have not found other intelligent species in the galaxies, because mm-hmm. the cost of technological pros- progress in a liquid is so much different and almost prohibitive to you know to it as developing in a gas. So you think if these societies are, exist out there right now, like let's say we've got like let's you know an octopus society that exists out there, is going to be more of like a what do you think of as like a tribal caveman? Kind yeah, of like a stone age. Like no matter. Although I, I do like the idea of like having a, a slug that's basically instead of having it build a shell in a specific shape, it's building a tube. That, and so it's like, oh, we're, we're installing plumbing with the slug. <laughs> it's going to take 20 years for it to get from one building to the other to, to create this tube out of shell. <laughs> but there you go. Well, the first version will. will right. <laughs> well, and then you were mentioning the lab with like mollusks that, that excrete a substance or something like, well, what would the lab accident look like? <laughs> so it's like, oh, crap. I didn't just turn over a beaker of, of hydrochloric acid. If that happened, it went everywhere. It, killed, <laughs> yeah. it probably killed the scientist that was working on it. So that set you back a certain amount of time. Like, I think the development of technology underwater would be very slow. Oh, probably. I think you're right. Especially because, like you said, like electricity just, just doesn't work the same right. as it does in gas. Like, they would be aware of it because of, like, the electric eel, but... Mm-hmm. And, well, and, and sharks use a, that electro sense on their nose. Like, yeah, you have to go to underwater university to find all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the lack of steel would be the big hindrance. Yeah. Figuring yeah. out some way to do steel to build steel underwater, or some other building material that has a similar right. properties that is, is easily attainable. Like mm-hmm. you know, well, and, and yeah, uh, I I think that with my idea, you have the possibility or maybe the opportunity to make it like full blown. The Flintstones, also like where you remember yes. the Flintstones? He he works oh, on top yes. of a brontosaurus, <laughs> and he's you know he's the brontosaurus. He's moving as a crane and stuff, and and then when uh, Wilma wants to put food down the garbage disposal, it's just another dinosaur in there right. eating all the food. You know? <laughs> so the record player is a, a pterodactyl with a beak on right. the record. <laughs> Yeah, Which, could... that's a terrible idea, but <laughs> <laughs> I would not work. <laughs> At least not as depicted. No. You know, <laughs> I'm sure it was pure fantasy. I don't think it was based on real archaeology. At <laughs> least <laughs> not on this planet. <laughs> we'll, we'll get back to you, though. We'll, we'll, we'll research and see if the Flintstones was based on real archaeology. There's some doubt. Yeah, we'll consult Fox News. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Oh my gosh! Um, there's, there, I, I can see that though. Like, if that was, if if technology was going to progress in an underwater environment where you 
could not produce like like we use heat for just about everything. We change the temperature or something, and we right. mostly increase it to shape it into the what we want. You know, we we blow glass and we like melt steel and we create wire and um, and we have the capability of communicating that stuff to somebody else so that they can also do the same thing. Right. So how do you do that in a in a wet environment? It's so a, a thought occurs too as we're talking about. Um, what if what if the octopus society lives contemporary with humans? We just don't. We don't. We're not aware. Of it. And they find a cell phone, so they're smart enough to know. Hey, we have found this alien device. We don't know what it does, and it doesn't work in our environment. But look at the inside of this thing. What the crap is this? Like, hopefully they've seen other things that are simpler. They can see the progression. Oh, oh this is just a regular phone. There, you can see the integrated circuits. You can see the stuff. This is so eventually a, this is more working back the Nokia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's a TV show called Resident Alien, and I I'm not I haven't watched all of it. I, I think I'm I'm like two thirds of the way through the first season. But basically, an alien. The premise is that an alien crash lands on planet Earth, and spoiler alert, turn it off now if you haven't seen the show and you want to. Okay, now you're going to get spoilers. Okay, so the uh, the premise is that he crash lands on Earth and he's trying to find this part of his spaceship. Well, then it comes out that his actual mission is to destroy all human life on Earth. Right. When he finds this particular device, he can activate it, destroy all human life on Earth. Well, at one point, he's starting to make friends with humans, you know, because he's just around long enough. And, uh, and, and he makes some friends with these two girls who get him high on marijuana. And, like, and he winds up going to a, I think it was a Japanese steakhouse. And there's an octopus that's in the in a tank. And he starts telepathically communicating with the octopus. <laughs> and then you're clued into the fact that the octopus is actually responsible for all of this. That there's this worldwide telepathic network of octopi <laughs> that are all communicating with each other and they have been in contact with the aliens to say you got to come down here and kill all these humans man they are wrecking the oceans <laughs> like that's that's the deal so what's this called so resident alien is it a that tv show it's awesome. a tv show with alan tuvik the the he, yeah. he played on firefly he was uh he was also the chicken in moan it was <laughs> okay i didn't know that yeah, at least I'd heard Resident Alien. It's 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 pretty good. I, I'm I'm only like two thirds of the way through the first season, but it's it's pretty good. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> so so yeah. So the the octopuses have all like got together and agreed that the human race needs to go. Contacted this alien group that they're apparently like friends with, <laughs> and so and so they said, yeah, sure, we'll come down and kill all the humans. For <laughs> Why not? So, <laughs> We owe you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we're cousins. I mean, come on. You know? I mean, what you can kill all the humans and then, you know, take their stuff. Right. They have some cool stuff. Yeah. I think that's what the bomb does. The bomb just obliterates all human life but leaves everything else in place. Perfect. So, Perfect. Yeah, Perfect. Yeah, that'd be good. I've been waiting for a PlayStation 5 forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you had eight arms... Well, actually, how many buttons are on the controller? Could they oh, even do that? They keep adding more. It's <laughs> too many. Right. Yeah, do you remember when they were trying to get into voice activation? That you would talk to it? and Anyway... <laughs> it still just barely works on our I know. <laughs> Remember the Connect. <laughs> I remember all the horror stories that came out with the like because of the dot grid that it creates. Uh, 
However, it detects motion. It creates this like yeah, and, and like so you see like those horror videos of, of there's something in the room other than the player. Oh, I haven't that, seen that. that. The connects are detecting. With nice, that, you know. Yeah, I think it like projected a dot grid on the something the surface to figure out what it's you know. Right. I remember when Microsoft started using the Kinect to count the number of people in the room and who was watching the oh. Super Bowl to determine how like how much they should charge the people <laughs> that were watching it through the Xbox. Nice. So, so it, I think you were only allowed to have like six people in the room or eight people. If you had more than that, you had to buy two tickets, <laughs> and they were using the Connect to see that. So, well, that seems like a good idea. <laughs> people are, everybody's going to love, love that. that. <laughs> they're not going to unplug this thing. They're not, not going to unplug it. No, it's fine. It's, a, it's integrated now. You can't get away from it. So it's just in the Xbox. You know, point it right in my living room couch. Don't tell them what it's in. They can see how many cats I have because it's going to be pointed at the cat. <laughs> It'll count those as three people. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Those count. They have names, right? You have to declare them on your taxes, don't you? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so so that was what I would like. If if this uh, if this idea you know speaks to you out there, write us a story. Get back to us. Right, and uh, we'll have David on again. Next time, maybe. So we'll see what happens. We'll see. I, 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 I do have to come an awfully long ways to get here. So. We'll see. So, you, you'll, you might have so, to provide beer. So <laughs> arduous. <laughs> All right. And if you ever want to reach out and contact us, you can get us at fairtheinkwell at outlook.com. And that's it. Goodbye.